This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Okay, so I want to talk to you about something that the Lord has been stirring up in my heart. I, I taught to our students recently, our Jesus School students who are just the best. And I started to talk about dealing with disappointment. And as I was praying, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to continue to talk about that tonight. How many people have dealt with disappointment? Okay, if we're all telling the truth in church, that's all of us, right? We've all dealt with disappointment. I know me personally, I have recently had to walk through a lot of disappointment, but God does not want you to give up. He does not want you to grow weary. He does not want you to stop trusting him. That's the, that's the key, you have to trust him. He will never fail you. I promise you, he's good. He is so good and we have to learn to trust him and put our faith in him. But I was, the reason I started to, t to lean into this a little bit is I was reading through the life of Paul. And if we can just all take seats and stop moving around so much, that would be a little great. I am my father's daughter, I guess. <laughs> That's, yeah, but if you need to get situated, I totally understand that. But if we could try not to move around so much, that would be awesome. So I was looking at the life of Paul. And Paul, my God. Goodness, have you ever just read through the New Testament and looked at all the things that Paul had to deal with? Actually, go through the Bible and tell me one person in the Bible that did not deal with setbacks or disappointment. I can't think of one. Honestly, every single person had to overcome daily, overcome daily. So sometimes we as Christians, we're doing good, then life knocks us down and we stay defeated and we stay there. And I really believe tonight God wants to set you free from disappointment. He wants to set you free from shame. He wants to set you free from just thinking that setbacks are a way of life for you because that is not a way of life. No matter what you face with Jesus, you can get through anything. My life is a testimony of that. You can get through anything. But let's look at the life of Paul just for, for when I say a moment, for a little while because I've, I've, I've just been getting blessed reading about Paul's life. So we know Paul in 1 Corinthians, he, he birthed a church. So just think of that for a moment. He, he constantly gave his life, constantly went, I mean, we know the story of Paul, shipwrecked, put in prison, beaten. I mean, we're going to read about that. It goes on and on. He went to tell people about Jesus. He leaves and things go messy, okay? So I, I, I can only imagine because just even having a school and a church, sometimes you guys keep me and Michael up at night. I mean, we love you so much. So when you guys are suffering, we suffer with you. So just think of Paul. He goes and plants a church, tells people about Jesus, leaves, and it gets messy. So he writes the letter to them. And he, Paul, was questioned. You know that, right? His authority was questioned. They questioned him. They doubted him at times. So he, I'm sure, felt discouraged. Of course he did. These this were the people that he went and risked his life for to go tell them about Jesus. And they questioned him. So this is what he, this is what he writes. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. I'm starting with a good one, with a bang. This is Paul. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. 
We are perplexed, that's unsure of finding a way out, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Did you hear that? Doesn't matter if you get knocked down, you're not gonna be destroyed. This too will pass, this will pass. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. For a moment, think of David. Think of all he went through. Think of when he was promised to be king, but he was running for his life for years. Then he gets the kingdom, his own son turns on him. His own son tries to take the kingdom from him. Think of Ruth. Think of Esther. Think of Jacob. What he had to go through, all the ups and downs in life. There's a reason I'm talking about this tonight with you because I want you as a church to learn to keep going. You've got to learn to keep going. You have to learn to not walk in defeat. You are not defeated. We are not a defeated people. We have victory in Jesus. He's our victory. He's our hope. So it doesn't matter what comes our way, we can get through any trial if we keep him close to us. But without him, we can't get through anything. I don't even want to make coffee without him. I don't. I don't want to drive my kids to school without him. I don't want to have a marriage without him. I don't want to be a mom without him. I don't want to have a church without him or a school or events because everything else will disappoint you at some point in your life. Yes, even like Paul, even people that you pastor and raise in the faith will disappoint you at times. Even your children, even your closest friend, even your spouse, even your family, they will disappoint you. But if you lean in on Jesus, you can get through anything. So I'm just giving you a few examples right there. Abraham, think of all that he went through, all the setbacks. What if he would have quit? What if David would have given up? What if Paul would have given up? Think of all the people that have not heard the gospel. And some of you, God has called you to preach the gospel all over the world. And if you don't grow in endurance, you won't be able to keep going. It's not about how you start in the beginning. It's how you finish in the end. It's what you do in the middle. It's what you do when the circumstances are turning against you and and all else seems lost, but you keep going. That's what matters. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians. I have a lot of Bible tonight. Is that okay? All right. I love the Bible. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. This is also, these are Paul's words. Listen to this. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, Listen, I did not use lofty words and impressive wisdoms to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ. Isn't that just beautiful, that alone? Your words don't impress people. Your lofty speeches don't impress people. Your love for Jesus, that's what people leave with how much you love Jesus. When you come to this church, I bet you don't remember what me and Michael preach about, which is good, because if it's bad, then I don't feel bad. (laughs) I'm sure you remember some of it. I'm saying you remember how you felt in the room. 
You remember the love that you felt in the room. You remember how Jesus felt near to you in the room. That's what you leave with. So it's not your lofty words. It's not your, it's not your spiritual knowledge. It's, it's, that's, that's, not what, that's not what God is trying to do. He uses your life with him. There's certain people in my life when I think about them, their life has changed me. Not their sermons, their, their sermons have changed my life and blessed me, but it's their life. It's their life that I look at that I say, oh my gosh, that person loves Jesus. They beam Jesus, Jesus comes through their eyes. We always talk about Heidi. When you just look at Heidi, her eyes look different than other people. What is that? Is that her Bible degrees and all her knowledge? No, it's she loves, she's in love. She's captivated by Jesus. So again, I want to just read that again. Sorry, I got off the text a little bit. I don't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you, listen to this. I came to you in weakness. Now, Paul, he came in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. You wouldn't think this about the Apostle Paul, would you? No. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. The more you're preaching, the more you're in ministry, the more you're aware that you can't do this on your best day without the power of the Holy Spirit. You really can't. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it. It doesn't matter how amazing you think you are. It doesn't matter if you've preached a thousand times that message. If the Holy Spirit is not there, the people will not be impacted. They'll leave the same because we're not that good. Do you understand? So this is Paul saying, I came to you timid, trembling. I didn't use persuasive speech. I didn't impress you with my wisdom. He came lowly like a servant. Who does that look like? Jesus, that's right. He came low. And remember, we're gonna get into this a little bit more. He was being questioned. Typically when we get questioned, when people question our authority, when they question who we are in the Lord, what do we do? We don't come low, we come swinging. We come strong. We puff ourselves up. And do you know who I am in the Lord? Do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? That's not how Paul came here. Because that's not going to change people. That's not being like Jesus. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Not, not, not the king of the nation. His disciples, the people he was teaching. The people that were under him. He washed their feet. He came in low like a servant. And I'm teaching this tonight because I think, I think we need to almost retrain at times the way that our mind thinks. You find your strength in your weakness. You find your strength when you go low and when you lean on Jesus. None of us are qualified outside of Jesus. I can tell you for sure I'm not. I am not qualified outside of the Lord, nor do I want to be. I don't want to be. I don't, if God is not with me, I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to have a ministry. That's not why I got in this. This is not, Michael would say the same thing. I want Jesus. 
I want him to be with me. I want him to use my words. I just want to be a vessel. I just want to be someone that he can trust. I just want to be someone that he can speak to and I'll obey. That means when no one's looking, I'm obedient. That means when nobody sees me, I go and tell people about Jesus, even if it's just me and that person and no one ever needs to know. That's, that's intimacy with Jesus, just listening to what he's saying to you and being obedient. First Corinthians, I told you guys I'd be in Corinthians a lot tonight, okay? First and second Corinthians will be there. First Corinthians 4, 9 through 13. Let, please listen to these words. This is Paul still. Instead, I sometimes think God has put us apostles on display like prisoners of war at the end of a victor's parade, condemned to die. We have become a spectacle to the entire world, to people and angels a lot. So not just people, even angels. Think of that. Our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools but you claim to be so wise in Christ. Listen, we are weak, but you are so powerful. You are honored, but we are ridiculed. Even now we go hungry and thirsty and we don't have enough clothes to keep us warm. Think of that. We are often beaten and have no home. You guys still wanna get into ministry one day? Okay. <laughs> We work wearily with our own hands to earn a living. We bless those who curse us, not fight back. We bless those. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us, so opposite than the world's way, right? They're gentle when they're attacked. Yet we are treated like the world's garbage like everybody's trash, right up to the present moment. I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but just hearing those words when I read them for the first time, I started crying. I started thinking about the cost that Paul and all the disciples had to pay for Jesus. The cost, there's a, there's a cost involved, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. You'll never regret it. Jesus doesn't promise that it will always be easy. He actually says these things will happen. You're going to go through persecution. You're going to go through setbacks. You're going to go through trials. But your reward is Jesus. What greater reward do you want than him? He's so beautiful. So of course Paul was just dealing with disappointment here, right? Can we say that? Probably won't complain that like someone took your parking spot tomorrow, right? He was dealing with disappointment. He was dealing with setbacks. I'm sure he felt defeated. If you read the text, he felt, I'm sure like many times just giving up, probably quitting, probably thinking, God, are you, did you leave me? I mean, again, he didn't say that exactly, but if you read the, the text, you can feel his heart here. But he kept going. Jesus is so faithful. I said, Jesus is so faithful. Yes. Amen. I got more context for this. 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 10. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure trouble 
troubles and hardship and calamities of every kind. Listen, we have been beaten. We have been put in prison. We have faced angry mobs. Mobs, we have worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity and our understanding, our patience, our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us. So just back up a moment. I just want to think, like, focus on that for a moment. They're not proving themselves by their power, by their might, by their knowledge, by who they are. It says right here, we prove ourselves by our purity. It's time that we live a pure and holy life before the Lord. That's we prove ourselves by those things, by our understanding. So if someone doesn't like you, try to have understanding and pray for them. Try to understand people that don't know Jesus. So when you minister to them, you can minister effectively and with love. With patience and kindness by the Holy Spirit within us. I can tell you right now, if you don't have the Holy Spirit to help you, it'll be really hard to keep going. How we need him. And by our sincere love, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us and we use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. That's, that's how we fight, with righteousness. Those are our weapons. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. So if you're honored, if you're dishonored, keep serving Jesus. If you're liked or you're disliked, keep serving Jesus. If you're respected or not respected, keep serving Jesus. Never stop serving Jesus. It doesn't matter. You, you don't get into this as a Christian. And when I say this, I don't mean preaching at a church or on a pulpit. I mean living a Christian life. You don't get into this if you want to stop. You have to keep going. None of us want to walk away from Jesus, right? None of us want to start as Christians and then one day just walk away. And how easily that happens sometimes, which it shouldn't be the case. We have to keep going. I hope I'm not boring you guys, right? All right. Whether they slander us or praise us, we are honest, but they call us imposters. So misunderstood. We are ignored even though we are all well known. Think of that. They were ignored. Here they were, apostles for Jesus. We live close to death, but we are all still alive. Nothing can kill you. Do you understand? Nothing. You don't have to fear death. Because even death itself cannot hold you down. You live in Jesus. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we have joy. I hope you guys are listening to this. Because man, this is... This is blessing me. I was reading this. I was getting, man, if I just need to preach to myself, I'll preach to Jess. But this was just ministering to me. Our heart aches, but we always have joy. How many times do we have a broken heart and we let that take our joy? 
We lose our joy in those moments of defeat. We lose our joy when we walk through tribulations and trials. When we're misunderstood, we lose our joy. But here Paul is saying, we, our hearts are aching. He's hurting. He's in pain. He, he feels misunderstood. He's been mistreated by the very people that he risked so much for. But he's saying, I still have joy. So no matter what you're going through, joy is yours. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what keeps you strong. It's his joy. So no matter what, even if your heart is broken, you can find joy in Jesus. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, listen to this, and yet we have everything. So as long as you have Jesus, you have everything. Jesus is everything. He is everything. One time I was talking to a pastor and he goes, oh, what do you guys teach? Jesus is everything, please. A pastor of a big church. And I said, how can you say that? How, I, I almost got lovingly upset and Michael just like quietly left the room because me and this guy were like going back and forth in love, we're friends. But I said, how can you say Jesus is in everything? He's everything. He's everything. That means if you have nothing, that means if, if everyone abandons you, that means if all of your friends leave you, that means if it's just you in a pit alone, if you have Jesus, you have everything. Because Jesus is everything. So again, that's what Paul was saying here. We own nothing and yet we have everything. How can that be? Only Jesus can do that, right? Only Jesus can do that. He was obviously disappointed here. <laughs> I'm sure he felt defeated, but he kept going. You're going to have to come to a place in your life as believers where you're going to make up your mind, I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to walk through the fire. I'm going to walk through the storms. I don't care what comes my way. I'm not quitting. No matter what, no matter the cost, no matter the price I have to pay, I'm not going to stop. I didn't want to be in ministry. I tell you guys this story a lot. If you're new to the church, I'll say it. I didn't want to be in ministry. That was the last thing in the world I wanted to do. I said, I'll never marry a pastor. When I met Michael, he was a golfer. I thought, that's nice. He was a golfer. When I met him, he was doing really well. He, went, he was a professional golf player and he taught golf. So I thought, this will be a sweet life. We'll probably get to travel a lot and this is cool. When I met him, after I met him and I already like started to like him and I knew this would probably be the man for me, he goes, I want to be a preacher. I said, no, no. I said growing up that I would never marry a preacher because I did not want to go in ministry. And I said, I would never put my kids through that. God has a sense of humor, never say never. And he said, I want, I want to serve God. I want to give it all up. I'm going to lay down my golf career. He was Michael played golf since he was five. Golf was all he knew. It was his life. And he said, I want to serve God and I'm going to serve your dad. And I just want to start. And he told my dad, I just put me in there. My dad said, I, Bruce, you remember Bruce, was my, he still is my dad's piano player for over 40 years. God bless you, Bruce. Yeah, let's give. <laughs> Bruce is the best. 
But my dad said, what do you want to do? How are you going to take care of my daughter? He goes, I want to be in ministry, sir. My dad goes, everybody wants to be in ministry. What are you going to do to take care of my daughter? He goes, I know God's called me. I want to give it all up and serve Jesus. My dad said, you're going to start with me. You're going to start just catching, doing whatever we need. I'm not going to pay you. I said, oh my gosh. That is so rude. And I told Michael, don't do it. You don't understand. You don't know what you're signing up for. Don't do it. But Michael was so hungry. He's like, I, I, I just got to, I just got to, I don't care if I lose everything. If I have Jesus, I have it all. This is what I want. And so I knew, I knew going into ministry, I knew it was going to be costly. But I made that decision a long time ago when I got into it. I said, once we go, we're not going back. Once we start a church, we're not going to shut down. Like the Lord would have to like come and tell us. That's because I know I, I don't want to do that. Once you start ministry, you can't just one day go, I don't, I don't want to be in ministry anymore. It's too hard. I don't want to pastor anymore. It's too rough. I don't want to do that anymore. It's too costly. You can't do that because we don't live for ourselves. We live for Jesus. We die. We die to our needs. We die to what we want. So, so I pray that, that you, you hear my heart in this. Once you make a decision to be a Christian or go in ministry, you have to make a decision in your heart. I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. I know it's going to cost me a lot. I know it's going to be tough at times. I know I'm going to feel like giving up. But I'm going to be faithful and keep going because I have Jesus and that's all that matters. So all this could go away. All the crowds, all the things, all that could go away. But if you have Jesus, when I was talking to our students, I was talking about sweet brother Yoon. If you watch Jesus 19 over there, that man who was locked up for his faith, he was put in prison and put in chains for being a follower of Jesus. That man had such joy on his, on just everything about him was joy. I've never met anyone like him in my life. Constantly smiling, constantly. He didn't quit. He didn't say, I'm done with the ministry. I don't want to go back to prison. That was too rough. No. So you have to get to a point in your life where you just keep going. You just got to keep going. Amen. Let me tell you. It will be a constant journey. <laughs> it's not just going to one day just go away. You're not going to get to a point in your life where you're like, okay, I finally passed every test I ever had to walk through and I'll never go through tests again. I wish it was that way, but it's not that way. Even in my own life recently, we just, this year has been a crazy year, right? Okay, it's been a crazy year. I had my moments of feeling like giving up. Man, the persecution, the, 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 the hurt by people close to us, the, the things spoken at times against us, the, the faith it took to just keep going, believing God to bring in all the things needed, just the, the perseverance it took. Many times I felt like giving up. I'm human. I felt like quitting. I felt like I couldn't do it. I felt like this is just too much. I don't know if I can deal with all this Forever, I don't know. And in those moments of weaknesses, I would, I would get with Jesus. I would rest in him. I would, I would trust Jesus because I knew he would get me through. And he did. And I'm sure I'll feel like that again. But I have, again, we're going to get into that in a moment. If you lean in on him, 
You focus on the love he has for you. You trust him and he'll get you through every season like that in your life. Every single one. I knew I had a choice. This is me. I'm talking about just how I felt. To keep going or quit. When I say quit, I don't just mean quit like walking away. Like not stay in my despair. Not stay in defeat. To keep on going keep walking and keep trusting the Lord. We often find Jesus in our weakness, not our strength. I'm gonna show you a scripture verse that will back that up too. 2 Corinthians 12, eight through 10. This is where Paul is talking about the thorn in his flesh. Some people believe that, that there, he had a sickness, we don't know, the Bible's not really clear about that, but in 2 Corinthians 12, eight through 10, Paul is talking about the thorn in his flesh. And he says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, listen, my grace is all you need. Amen. <laughs> Even the baby said, amen. My prayerless, or sorry, my power works best in weakness. In your weakness, you find how desperately you need Jesus. In our weakness, we find him. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness. Have you ever boasted about how weak you are? (laughs) Think of that. That's what Paul was doing. He's boasting in his weakness. He's not ashamed to say, I was weak. There's been things that I've begged God to do. But he told me my grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. So that, I'll go back. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Christ works through you when you don't try to figure it all out. He can't work with someone who's striving. He can't work with someone who's trying to step ahead and get in the way. He needs you to just let go. Let go and let him take over. Let him take over. I was getting a massage recently. I've always had back pain. I was thinking of this last week in worship. And I always, when I start like getting a massage, I go like this. I can't help it. I just tense up. And when I was getting a massage recently because I had this neck issue that wasn't going away, the masseuse, have you ever done this to a massage? She kept going like this to my arm, like shake it off. Like, so I would finally just give in. And sometimes that's what God does with us. We try to hold on so tightly to everything. We try to hold on to all the things we think that will help us get through. And God is just saying, let go, just shake it off and fall into me. Just trust me. Don't try to figure it all out because you can't. Only in him can you do it. So that's when Christ works when you, when you let go and give in. That's why this is still ta- Paul talking. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and the hardships and the persecution and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, I am strong. Amen. You guys still with me? You're in your weakness, that's where you find your strength because that's when you lean in on Jesus. And where you're weak, he makes you strong. You just have to give in. You have to, you let, have to let Jesus take over. The Bible says God encourages those who are discouraged. So if you feel discouraged, don't worry. 
let God encourage you. He will do it. I've, I've never gone before the Lord and not felt his nearness. I've never gone and, and cried to him and talked to him and ever felt him say, go away, Jess, I don't want to hear that. No, because he's a loving father. He's good. He loves his children. He loves all of you so much. I pray that you get a revelation of the love that your father has for us, for you. Even if you don't have love from an earthly father, God is your father and he loves you. Even if you're married and your husband doesn't know how to love you or your wife or your children, Jesus does. He loves you and he's always there. He's there to strengthen you when you're weak. And he's there to encourage you when you feel discouraged. Just go to Jesus. Don't go to your friend. You can do that after. Don't go to your parents. You can do that after. Don't go to your husband or your wife. You can do that after. Go to Jesus. Go to him first. Go talk to Jesus. Just like a little child. Just go talk to him and say, Jesus, man, this, this hurts. This, I, I am so discouraged. Please, Holy Spirit, give me hope. Let me find hope in Jesus and he'll do it. What's it going to look like in the end? That's what you have to think about. We talk about that a lot at Jesus School. What is your life going to look like at the end? Everyone starts zealous and excited. Everyone starts with passion and fire. All of us do. But what is it going to look like at the end of your life when it's just you and Jesus when all the people have gone away, when all your friends aren't there, it's just you and Jesus. What does that look like? You want to know. Trust me, I've, I've had the joy and pleasure of, of being with my mom's dad who, who passed, who was a man of God years ago. I was with him right before he went to be with Jesus. I got to be with my dad's mom as she was going home to be with the Lord. They're not talking about all their accomplishments in those moments when they're about to take their final breath. They're talking, they're, they're with their family and they're, they're thinking about, did I please Jesus? Do I have any regrets in this life? Did I do everything it was that he called me to do? So again, it's not, we all start strong, but it's the process. What are you doing in the process? What are you doing? through all the ups and downs? What are you doing through the trials and the tribulations, all the, all the obstacles in the way that try to knock you down? Do you keep going and will you finish right? Will you finish just as much in love with Jesus as when you began? Will you, will you be as in love with him in the end as you were in the beginning when you first got saved? We all want that, right? I do. That's always my prayer for my life. Lord, I want to finish right. I want to stay strong in you. I don't want to, I don't want to give up. I don't want to, next year, I don't want to say, man, Jess was more on fire in 2020. In 2021, she's, she's lost the fire. She's lost her love. She's lost first love. Because again, if you lose first love, you will lose that fire. You have to stay in love with Jesus. Let's go to James 1, 2 through 6. James 1, 2 through 6. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, I'm giving you a lot of these scriptures tonight because I really want this to get in your heart. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. 
For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Ah, we don't like hearing that, but it's the truth. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be a perfect and complete, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. So simple, but how we don't sometimes forget to ask the Lord to give us wisdom and discernment. But if we ask him, the word says right here, he will give it to you. Lord, give us wisdom. Give us discernment, Lord. Give us guidance, Holy Spirit. We welcome you into our life. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom in Jesus' name. Give us hearts to understand, eyes to see Jesus, ears to hear, feet to go in the name of Jesus. So let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I know I just read that, but I'm reading it again. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Don't you love that part in there? You're not going to get in trouble if you ask the Lord for wisdom. He's going to give it to you. But when you ask him, listen, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Your faith cannot be in other things. Your faith cannot be in your ability. Your faith cannot be in your favorite pastor or your favorite YouTube speaker or your relatives or who your family is or the fact that you're a Jesus school student. Your faith can't be in that. Your faith has to be in God and God alone. That's where your faith has to lie. And then you can ask him for these things and he will give it to you. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed to the wind. Can I read that part again? Because that really, I read that part for myself like over and over and over. Do not waver. So basically stand strong in who you are. Plant your feet down and say, I'm not moving. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to be swayed one way, this way, or this way. There's so many things to take your affection and your attention away from Jesus right now. There's so many things to make you look another way. And sometimes they seem like they're, that, that, that that's how it's supposed to be, but it's not. You have to stay focused on Jesus. Amen. Put your faith and hope in the Lord, not in other things. Aw, little babies. I love babies. They're sweet. I don't know if I want any more babies, <laughs> but I love babies. We always have friends come over and they're like, oh, do you miss babies? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I had fun when I had babies, but now that my youngest is nine, I think that, that ship has sailed, but I do love babies. Put all your faith and hope in the Lord, not in other things. Everything else will disappoint you. People will disappoint you. I promise you. I will disappoint you. Michael will disappoint you. Your leaders will disappoint you. But the Lord will never fail you and he will carry you through every obstacle. So if you put your faith and hope, I can't tell you how many times growing up in ministry as a kid, I'd see people would put their hope and their faith in their pastors and their pastors would mess up because they're human. And then they would leave the faith. They would just walk away from, from God completely because their pastor failed. 
But if your faith is in Jesus and not in your pastor or your leader, and yes, I hope you do have faith in your pastors and your leaders, but if your faith is in other people above Jesus, then you're not, you, you, your foundation isn't where it should be because your faith and your trust have to be in him and him alone. He's not movable. We as people, we are movable. So you can't put your hope in other things. Look at this year. I don't wanna to get too into that, but just look at all the little things that have happened to take our attention away from the one thing that matters, Jesus. He's the one thing. We won't remember, we might remember this year, but we won't remember most, most, I can't remember typically what I did last month. I don't remember. I don't remember what last year looked like. I don't remember what two years looked like. I mean, I have three kids and many times I'll remember funny stories and they'll say, was that me or Benny or Theo? Sophia will always ask those questions. I'm like, I don't remember. I don't know. I, I, my, I cannot keep up. So all those things are gonna change constantly. All the things that we're so into right now, they're not even gonna be an issue years down the road, but Jesus will remain the same. He will never change. So we put our hope and we put our trust in that because that's, that's immovable. That's where we put everything. That's where we put our focus, not anything else. Disappointment builds endurance. Let's go to Romans 5, 3 through 5. Are you guys still with me? Okay. Paul, this is still Paul. This is just not even, this isn't half the scriptures that I could find on Paul. Just, he kept on going. I love that, don't you? We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Just think about that for a moment. You're not alone. God has sent you the Holy Spirit, your comforter, your friend to be there. Jesus is with you. Do you know that? When you leave church tonight, he's near. You're not alone. So you can go home tonight and know that you can talk to Jesus and he's with you. And the things we go through, they develop us. They build endurance like we just read. They build our character. When we started Jesus School, that was before Jesus Church started or whatever we're calling this, Jesus Image Church. I say Jesus Church. I'm not going to go, no, Jesus Image Church. So Jesus Image Church. When we started school, it really took a step of faith for us to do that. And man, oh man, when we moved back to Florida, we were in Reading for a season. It was like all hell broke loose, to be really honest. It was just, man, persecution beyond persecution. People saying, what are you doing? You won't be successful. Who said God told you to start a school? I don't see that happening. And we, we had to keep going. And I remember I was talking to a friend and I was crying to her on the phone and I said, why am I going through this? This is too hard. My heart is broken. I'm hurt. I don't know how much more I can handle of this. I feel like, gosh, growing up as Benny Hinn's child, that's enough, for, that's a whole nother persecution story. But I said, 
I said to her, I said, I've been going through things. My family, we've been in ministry. We've been going through things since I've been a little child. And now, now that Michael and I are walking out of ministry and stepping out of faith, I feel like we're going through a new set of things. And I don't know how much I can take. This is what I told my friend. I said, I, I don't want this. I didn't sign up for this. This is too hard. I feel misunderstood. And she said, I'll never forget what she said. She said, oh, honey. She said, oh, honey, like settle there, honey. She said, oh, honey, you had to go through this because for where God wants to take you, he's not gonna be able to take you if you don't go through this journey and step it out and remain faithful. So God is pruning you. He's, he's testing you. And when she said that, it's like finally a light bulb in, in my mind and my heart went off and said, oh my gosh, I, I, ha- I have to. And this is what we're reading here. This is, this is what that scripture, when I read it, that's what I think about because it, it builds endurance. So if you're going through trials, if you're going through persecution, if you're going through setbacks and disappointment in life, I think the whole world has gone through a setback this year. We keep going and we know this is making us stronger. It's building us. It's building our endurance so we can keep going. It's, it's, it's building our faith. It's teaching us to trust in Jesus because when all else is taken away, it's you and Jesus. Everyone in ministry had to cancel their whole schedules this year. Everything, everything was canceled. Everything, everyone's plans were canceled. You got, you got to the point where you're like, okay, it's just me and Jesus. And if I said Jesus was enough, I better find happiness when it's just me and Jesus. This is how I talk to myself. I said this to Jess. Because when, when everything hit and everything got canceled and then every, there was just so much uncertainty, for a moment I got scared. And I said, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I tried to like almost strive to make things happen. And there, of course, is my husband who's just so chill. And he's like, this is great. I'm going to spend time with the Lord. And he just, he, he had such faith and trust in the Lord that even though things were all over the place, he, he was like, I trust God. And I said, but what? But I kept, that's our personalities. <laughs> our staff's laughing because they know how we are. I was like, but what are we going to do with this? What about this? What about this event? What about this? What are we going to have to do? He said, trust Jesus. Let's just be with Jesus. He's not going to fail us. And then I looked in my own heart and I, I repented to the Lord and said, gosh, I preach Jesus is everything and I preach I preach that you're all I need, but here everything's been taken from us. Our ministry, everything, like church is shut down. We went on the lockdown. Everybody had to. Let's not get into all that now. But everything, we had to stop gathering. And I realized it is just me and you, Jesus, and I need to find satisfaction in you, not in ministry. Not in being busy, not in doing things for you. I need to be satisfied in you and you alone. So when we're disappointed, I still have some scriptures. Can you give me like 15 more minutes? Okay. When we get disappointed, we look to Jesus. He fills our hearts with his love. So we hold on to hope when we feel disappointed. Paul wrote that it's love that strengthens the church. So yeah, we talked about all this. So now I want to teach you how to walk through the disappointment. What, what are the things that are going to get you through? It's love. He said in First. Corinthians 8.1, that knowledge makes us feel important, but it's love that strengthens the church. So if we can just love each other well, if we can love Jesus well, that's what's going to strengthen the church. Right now, the church needs to be strengthened. The church needs hope again. The church needs 
the church needs to put their faith in the Lord. Well, it's not going to be the knowledge that we're not going to come back. Let me tell you this. No, no, no. Let me love. Let me show you the love of Jesus. That's what's going to get us through. It's the love of the Father. That strengthens the church. 1 Corinthians 8, 2 through 3. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. Don't you love that? But this is the good part. But the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. Did you hear that? Those that love God, that's the ones that he recognizes and see. He's not looking for the most qualified. He's looking for hearts that love him. That's what gets his attention. Not how amazing you can quote scripture. It's how you love him. How you love others. That's the greatest commandment, right? Love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And love others. We have to show love. So what we can do in times of discouragement is love one another. So if you feel discouraged, love God. Love others. Love your family. Even the family that doesn't like you. Even the family that doesn't believe in you. Even the family that persecutes you. Even your friends that slander you. Love them anyway. Love them anyway. Because perfect love casts out all fear. So when you focus on the love of Jesus, your fear is gone. Because his love casts out all fear. And I believe God is going to heal people tonight from fear. In Jesus' name. The Father's love is perfect. He loves us with an everlasting love. See, the Lord doesn't love us with conditions. He loves us unconditionally. His love for you is so perfect and so beautiful. He loves you so much. So if you feel afraid of uncertainty, think of the Father's love for you. You don't need to figure out tomorrow the Bible says, focus on today. That's got enough things on its own, right? But you focus on the love of Jesus. So if you feel afraid, I hope this isn't too simple for you. What do you do? You focus on the love of the Lord. This is what the Bible says about love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. We all know this verse. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous are boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love, listen, never gives up, never loses faith, is always helpful and endures through every circumstance. Not some circumstances, every. Every love will carry you through every single circumstance you're facing. The love of God. So when we feel defeated, disappointed, or like giving up, ask the Lord to give you a heart of love. I've been asking God in my own life to please give me a tender heart. And I think I have a pretty tender heart. I cry pretty easily now. But man, it could sure get more tender. It could. Michael would say amen real loud if he was sitting right there. <laughs> and my boys would too. 
Sophia, she loves me. But <laughs> I want to be soft. I want to be pliable. I want God to, to, to mold me and take those things away that I've put in my heart that have too high of a value at times. Do you know what I mean? The Lord will give you strength to keep going. He'll give you strength when you feel like giving up, but you're not gonna find that strength in your own ability. These seasons will not last forever, but this is what lasts forever. This is similar to a verse I just read. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Faith, hope, and love. Those are the things. That's what the Bible says. Three things will last forever. Faith, your faith in God will last forever. Your hope in God will last forever. Your love will last forever. And the greatest of these is love. Think of that. Greater than hope and faith is your love for Jesus. Doesn't it at times seem that, that it would be hope and faith? Because when we walk in faith, we feel so powerful and we feel untouchable. And those things are all great and needed and so beautiful. But the greatest of those is love. First Corinthians 10, I told you I had a lot of scriptures tonight, but man, I think we need these right now, right? I know I did. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. We're no better than anybody else. We're all gonna deal with temptation, every single one of us. I love how in the beginning, how it starts off with, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall because it's always the ones that feel that they're untouchable and so strong that end up falling. And the reason that is, is because they, they, they think that they can do it in their own ability and strength. And then you, when you start thinking like that, you don't, you don't hold on to Jesus. But every day you have to wake up and feel like the only thing that's gonna get me through this day is Jesus. The only reason I'm not gonna mess up and, and have an affair or cheat on my spouse is my love for Jesus. And, my, and because I love him, I'll love my spouse. I won't, that, do you get what I mean by that, right? That, that's the thing that's gonna keep temptation away is your love for the Father because we can all fall short. Nobody is perfect. That's why I, I love where it says, if you think you're strong, be careful. That basically means watch out, don't fall because we have to realize how much every day we need Jesus. Without him, we'll all mess up. And it keeps on saying, it keeps going. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Just think of that for a moment. That, that temptation can mean so many things. It can, it can mean sexual temptation. It could mean temptation to leave the faith. It can mean temptation to walk away from the Lord. It can be temptation to quit. It can be temptation to, to lie, to steal. It can be temptation for so many things. It could even be temptation just to look away from Jesus. But here Jesus is saying, I won't give you more than what you can handle. 
So when you're tempted, I will show you a way out so that you can endure. So without the Lord, we can't persevere, but with Him, we can get through everything, everything. Just wanna read you one more scripture. Second Corinthians four. The reason I'm giving you so many scriptures is because this was rocking me this week. This was ministering to my life this week. This is, I just, I needed to hear this. I did. I, I had to like just think for a moment. I'm reading this. I've been reading uh, through Corinthians and I've been reading the Fox's Book of Martyrs right now. And I'm just thinking like, man, I don't have it that bad. It's not that bad. I can get through this. Look at what they walked through. Look at what other people walked through. I can, I can do it. I can do it in Jesus. Only in Jesus can I do it. So this has been ministering to me and I pray that it ministered to you tonight. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, this is still Paul. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. He renews you every day. Isn't that beautiful? He renews your spirits every day. That's why we never give up because he renews us. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed. For our present troubles are small and they won't last very long. So whatever it is you're going through, it's not gonna last too long. It does not have power over you. It does not, it does not control you. That's not your destiny. This too will pass. I wanna just read that again. For our present troubles are small and they won't last very long. Oh, I feel the Lord. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Lord's glory lasts forever. It's time we start living for another life. Do you know what I mean when I say that? We're not of this world. We're not children of this world. We belong, we're, we are heavenly children. We belong to another, I mean, we're here, but we're not here. Do you know what I mean? We have to start thinking about walking into the next life where we'll be with Jesus for eternity where we'll be in his glory forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. That's faith. That's faith. So we don't look at our, our, our life. We don't look at what we're going through. Yeah, we're aware. But that's not what we focus on. We focus on Him, the things that we cannot see. We focus on the things unseen and we hold on to the hope that we have in Jesus. For the things we see now will soon be gone. This life is gonna pass away, you know that, right? None of us are gonna live forever. But the things we cannot see will last forever. 
so our life with Jesus will last forever. So I lovingly ask you tonight, if you've been caught up in stuff that just don't matter, if you've been caught up in your disappointment, if you've been caught up in the trials of this world and all the mess, all the things that are taking our affection and attention away from Jesus. If you turn on the news this morning, but didn't open your Bible, why? I'm not saying don't watch the news ever. We gotta know what's going on. But I'm saying if we've put our hope in that over the Bible, that's not going anywhere. It's gonna be here when we're all long gone. We have to put our hope in the Lord, in Jesus. Can I read to you one more passage, please? Okay. If I could just get a pad, please, that would be awesome. I really want to take this moment tonight and just see what God's going to do. But I would hate if we left the night and there's people in here that don't know Jesus. Are there's people in here that are bound? Are there's people in here that are overcome with shame and disappointment and setbacks? I want you to leave tonight being renewed, being set free, dying to yourself, dying to all the things that weigh you down. So I wanna share real quick from Romans 6.1. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? How can you live in sin if you've died to it? How can you keep living in sin if you've died to yourself and your needs? I love what Michael always says. He says, sin should feel unnatural for the believer. And it's not only the big things that should feel unnatural. Even if you're watching a TV show that convicts you, that should feel unnatural. If you're listening to something you shouldn't listen to, that should feel unnatural. If you gossip, that should feel unnatural. If you lie, that should feel unnatural. Sin should feel unnatural. If you have lustful thoughts, that should feel unnatural. There's no condemnation, but you bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know why. I don't know why I watched that. I don't know why I thought that. I don't wanna, I don't wanna do that. Please help me, Jesus. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him, in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Oh. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. So if you're dealing with sin, you have to die to the sin. You have to die to your needs. You have to die to your desires. You have to die to your wants. That's what that means here. When, when Jesus was, was, was on the cross, he took our sins. 
He took our sickness. He took our disease. Since we have been united with him in death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its powers in our life. So if you don't die to your needs, sin has power over you. But when you die in Christ, sin loses power in your life. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Isn't that amazing? You were set free from sin. When you give your life to Jesus, he sets you free from sin. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, this is the gospel. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God so that you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to your sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument to evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God for you were dead, but now you have a new life. You're not just better, you're brand new. You're brand new in Jesus. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. I don't know if there's anyone in the room tonight that sin has been your master. Or if you're watching online and sin has been your master and you've been a slave to sin. But tonight, God wants to set you free. So if we can all stand up, please. He wants to touch you tonight. He wants to renew your mind. He wants to change your mindset. He wants to restore the joy in your life. But you have to give him everything. You have to give him everything. So if that's you, if you don't know Jesus and you wanna know this Jesus that I'm talking about, I want you to lift your hands. We're all family. If you wanna know Jesus, just lift your hands. Okay. I wanna invite you down here. If you feel like you have let disappointment overtake you, if you feel like you've given up at times, if you feel like you've lost first love for Jesus, come down here, sweetie. Come right here. God bless you. God bless you. If you feel like you've let other things get in the way and disappointment has overtaken you, I want to invite you down to the altar as well. We're gonna worship. I wanna pray for you. Thank you, sweetie. Yeah, come on, let's give God praise. Just come right down here. Jenna and Carla, if you can help. If you say, Jess, I feel overwhelmed with fear, with anxiety. I can't go on. I can't, I feel like giving up. I feel like quitting. I feel like all else has failed me. 
I want you to come down here because I'm believing God is gonna restore the joy in your hearts. Again, just come down. You can just come down right here. Team, if you can help me, please. If you want God to restore the hunger in your heart again, if you're not burning like you used to, if you wanna overcome the disappointment, I want you to get down here because I wanna pray for you. I just feel like God wants to take us into a new place, but we gotta let go of the old, you know what I mean? We gotta let go of the things that have held us down. This is beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Jesus, we give you right now, just pray with me. And if you're not down here, I want you to pray for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And if we could feel, fill the room a little bit more, please. Jesus, I just thank you for every single person, Lord, that came down, Holy Spirit. I ask that you will fill them with your joy right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, pray with me. I thank you, Jesus, that you're gonna set them free from the disappointment. Lord, those that have held on to failure, those that have held on to the disappointment, Lord, I thank you right now, Jesus, that you're setting them free in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that they will laugh again. Some of you haven't even laughed in so long. You've been so, so consumed with all the things that are not going your way that you, you haven't, you've lost your laughter, you've lost your joy. And Lord, I ask that you'll restore that to them right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will touch every single person. Every, come down, you can come down. I thank you, Lord, that you will touch every single person, Lord. That you will fill their heart with your love, Jesus. I thank you, Father, that shame will go right now in Jesus' name. Come on, church, agree with me. I break all the shame in everyone's life right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that the weight that's just been weighing them down, that it will be removed right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that those that have not been able to forgive God, that they will forgive others that have wronged them right now in Jesus' name. Some of you guys just need to let go and forgive people that have wronged you, people that have hurt you. Just If you have to say their name out loud, say their name. It's safe here. You're with family. Just let it go. Just give it to Jesus. Give your burdens to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will impart the joy of the Lord in their life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that you're gonna fill them with a supernatural peace. Lord, a peace that surpasses all understanding in the name of Jesus, Lord. Come on, pray. Just pray in the spirit if you're sitting in the seats. I thank you, God, that you're gonna just fill them up, God, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, Father. I thank you, God, that all the trials and all the disappointment, God, that you will give them perseverance, God, to keep going, God, and keep trusting and to keep walking. When all else fails, God, I thank you, Jesus, that you'll strengthen them in Jesus' name. Yes, God, and if there's sin in anyone's life, Lord, I ask that you will forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. You are our King, you are our Lord. We love you, Jesus. We welcome you into our heart, Jesus. Ignite first love again in our life, Jesus. Ignite first love in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Don't, don't, don't look at me, just look at Jesus. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We lean into you, Jesus. Teach us to trust. Teach us to trust you, Lord. Teach us to trust you, Lord. Even if everyone else has failed us, Lord, our families, Lord, our friends, teach us to trust you, Jesus. Yeah, I just feel that there's a girl that's here that you've endured so much disappointment. I see you as a little child and you trusted people and you were just so disappointed that you stopped trusting in God and you said you'll never trust anybody again, but God wants to restore that trust in your heart again. He wants to restore the trust and the hope in your heart again. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for doing that. In the name of Jesus, Dom, if you could just sing something. Thank you, Jesus.
We're your church, we wanna know you, Jesus. We wanna feast on you, Jesus. We wanna gaze on you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, ignite our hearts with first love again, in Jesus' name. Heal the brokenhearted, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for being such a friend, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us the way you do, Jesus. I ask that you'll give us a revelation of your love, Jesus. That you'll overwhelm us, you'll overwhelm us with your love, Jesus. That that's what we will focus on, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in our lives, Holy Spirit. We want you in every part of our life, from the morning to the night, the afternoon, the in-between, everything we want you, Holy Spirit, in our life. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, in our life, Jesus. We welcome you. giving up on us, Jesus. Thank you for never turning away from us, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.